0: Welcome to another fabulous episode of Retro Vaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier Here with Jeremy Gregory Hey guys And Billy Holiday Hello there And this week we're taking a look at a uh, lesser mentioned game In a classic series uh, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy But before we do that Mm -hmm. Billy, what have you been playing since our last show?
1: Well, I started off just playing a little bit of this and that Uh, I played a good bit of the game we're reviewing uh, this episode Uh, Other than that, I had uh, suddenly realized that I had bought all the DLC for Breath of the Wild at some point in time. Uh, I was just going through, kind of clearing things off the Switch, memory-wise, and, and noticed uh, that I had all of that. So I, I got on there and started playing it accordingly, and I am just knee-deep in that game just like I was when it first came out. Uh, can't say enough enough good about it. And, and th- this DLC, I mean, it's, it's some extra quests, it's uh, it's it's certainly up the difficulty in a lot of respects. Um, there there's a whole subsection where it's you have a weapon that kills enemies in one hit, but when you wield it, you also die in one hit, and that was a uh, that was painful. And I spent the better part of an evening cursing at the at the television during that. But yeah, I, I just uh, this game, I, I said it earlier, it just keeps giving. Every time you get on there and play, you you encounter something new, and and I really really just love that game all together um and am glad to have uh this this big batch of uh, of content to work through so are you playing the master mode i guess uh, i i actually am not playing the master mode yet so as bad as it is now i know it gets worse yeah i, I started um,
0: that that's the only thing i did with that dlc is start the master mode and, and i'm yeah i'm determined to finish it but it is uh it is not fooling around. It is that, it is extremely yeah, tough. Uh,
1: I, I assume these quests here are maybe to warm you up for it. But no, I was going to go through my original save, play through all these, and then, and then for the, the grand finale, kick off that master mode and and just descend into madness. After that, I'm sure.
0: It it I did get off the first you know the the plateau you start on in mm-hmm. master mode, but as soon as I got down to the ground, it's been a it's been a slog. I mean, I'm I, I'm making progress, but. A lot of my progress seems to be running a lot and, yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. not being as strong as I need to be. Uh, mm-hmm. But if I can get to enough of the shrines that are more of like the the skill challenges as opposed to combat challenges, I should be able yes. to get a little more powerful. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, even just some of the the standalone monsters, not even not even the the groups and the houses, but there's just things where I'm just getting smoked on mm-hmm. on things that before in the regular game I don't even remember being an issue. So it, it's it's yeah. I'm enjoying it. I mean, if, if I, anyone tried to play that as their first attempt, I can't imagine that went well. But but I don't oh, think anyone yeah. would. I mean, that's it's designed and even says like, "Hey, this is supposed to be incredibly hard." So it, it's really good mm-hmm. though. I do like it. And uh, and I also have not started any of the other DLC, the other quests, the the um, you know, other dungeons or whatever. Haven't gotten that either. I have it. I just haven't played it. Uh, I was going to do it on master mode, but I think that is a bad idea. Yes. Uh, Since the last show, I pretty much have not played anything but this game, thankfully. Uh, A lot of it. Uh, As I said, I was going to be on the road for uh, four days in the middle of this. That's why I I wanted to go with some sort of game I could play on the go. Uh, Because I finished this, uh, and I had also just wanted to play something different. You know, you get burned out on anything after enough hours sitting in a van, just hiding away from the world playing Zelda. I was looking through what else I had on my 3DS, and I realized I've never finished Hey, Pikmin. So I started playing that again. Uh, it, it's fun. I mean, I, I think I talked about it a little bit when I first got it, but it's it's a good 2D action representation of what Pikmin is. Uh, it's not yeah. as good as the regular Pikmin game, but it's not bad by any means. Uh, so I was playing through that. And then, of course, I finished my, uh, my, my next playthrough of Persona 4, so I've started yet another playthrough of Persona 4. Uh, and, <laughs> and I realized uh, my Persona 3 save, uh, because it was a PSP game I had downloaded for the Vita, when I changed my memory cards, I lost my progress, so I'm going to restart Persona 3. I've done it just enough to get started, but I'm not really far in it at all. But I'm determined to finish it this time. That's another one that I started probably six times. It's not as good as Persona 4, and I, I kind of get to the same point every time and lose interest. I, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to get through it. Uh, Jeremy, what have you been playing? Uh, not too much. Uh I'm, I'm kind of currently in the
2: process of relocating, so the game I've been playing lately is drive my car across several states back and forth. Mm. Um, so I, I really haven't had too much to play, uh, but yesterday a couple of games came out uh, that uh, I'd been looking forward to, the first of which is the uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. That one is just... I mean, if you like Street Fighter, classic Street Fighter games, you, you really can't go wrong with this one. It's, it's mm-hmm. literally... Street Fighter, the very first one, all the way up through Third Strike. And I'm super excited to finally be able to play all of the Alpha game. Well, Street Fighter Alpha 2, Alpha 2 and 3, the first one's mm-hmm. kind trash. Um, but to be able just to play those games again, uh, it sold me on that. It's like 40 bucks. It's It's totally worth it. Uh, if you're a Street Fighter fan at all, the other one is the uh, the new Genesis collection on the the modern systems, which uh, I, I know we've spoken numerous times about the the older uh, Sonic's Genesis collection or whatever the mm-hmm. hell it was called on previous systems. Uh, we actually use those to play a lot of our Genesis games that we do for the show. Uh, this one is is nice for me because I don't actually have to drag those systems out <laughs> anymore to put that damn yeah. disc in and and play it in that. This one basically has all of the games from that collection, plus a few more. Really, the only two that it seems to omit is Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles, which is weird. I mean, that, that kind of seems like those should just be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this it's a great collection. The front end of it is just not great, though. It's If you remember from Sonic's collection, it was just a basic menu. You select the games you want. It, it was fine. You know, It wasn't anything too crazy. You just go in. It's a list. There you go. This one, they've kind of done it in like a a 3D room, kind of like you're, you know, back in the day, you're you're in your bedroom and like all of the games are now kind of stuck off to the side on a shelf and you have to individually scroll through each one. And it's not ideal if you want to go through multiple games at once because Mm -hmm. it's just it's not laid out well. Uh, it's kind of like you're looking through your DVD collection on your shelf instead of actually going through a list of games that you want to find quickly. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of confusing here and there because when you're playing a game and you want to quit out instead of just quitting the game, it kind of zooms back out to the TV, uh, to where it gives you options and stuff like that. And if you want to like reset the game, you actually have to scroll down to the Genesis that's sitting on the shelf below the TV and then reset it like that <laughs> it's it's i mean it's nice that they've done it like this it's it's they put some effort into it a little bit but it's just uh it, you know it's it's kind of a pain in the ass when you just want to play a few games and, and quit and mm-hmm. not have to go through all this kind of shit Um, but yeah i think it's it's totally worth the money if you if you like Uh, If you wanted that collection of of Genesis games on a modern console and you don't have to drag out your old systems and play the -hmm. the other collection, which was totally worth it. But yeah, again, it's like 30 bucks. So great, great collection of games.
0: Uh, I, and it does have some additional games in it, too. I know it has uh, the Wonder Boy, some of the Wonder Boy series that wasn't on the uh, the other collection. I know mm-hmm. I'll end up grabbing it. I, I was one, one of the people who was like, why do I need this? I already have, you know, one, a Genesis, but also the previous Genesis collection that has all these things. I, I know I'm going to get it. There's no maybe. I'll probably wait till it's on on sale, but I'm definitely going to end up with it. Now, the mm-hmm. the Street Fighter collection, does it have multiplayer for all these games? Online or not? Not,
2: not all of them. I, I believe the what it's limited to is like street fighter two street fighter two turbo maybe super street fighter two turbo and third strike uh it's not every single game Uh, the one i tried it with i believe it was like street fighter two turbo uh played a few matches with it it was fine uh it just just a tiny bit of lag here uh, but it was totally playable um my friend uh but DJ, he's he's got it on PC. He said it wasn't great uh, with the matchmaking on that. I've got it on PS4, so your mileage may vary. Of course, you know it's online mm-hmm. play. Who knows how it's going to be match to match? But what I played seems fine. So, uh, yeah, not not every game has online mode.
0: And does it come with Street Fighter EX?
2: No, that is <laughs> unfortunately we're still waiting on that
0: Street Fighter oh, EX boy, remaster. Uh, all, all the Skullomania fans are missing out.
2: Oh man. God I, I would just give me some more D Dark in my life and, and I will take it. Uh, yeah, I I really miss Street Fighter EX. I, I don't think we're ever going to see that one again though.
0: If they could put that out with Rival Schools as a comp, as a collection, I would <laughs> oh. buy that day one. I'm still shocked that we don't have any sort of like
2: re-release of Rival Schools somehow. Like I can understand with Street Fighter EX because like it, it was a different developer and they kind of it was a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, Rival Schools was all Capcom. Like, that should have been released at some point again. But I, I kind of like Darkstalkers. It's just kind of got lost in, in the ether.
0: Well, at least Darkstalkers has a PSP collection, so you can still get that on Vita or, uh, or something else. But none of those games have anything to do with what we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy.
1: I was excited when this one came down the line. Uh, This is a game I am very familiar with. Uh, We've had a string of games where, you know, i just not too familiar or I saw it in passing. This is one of the games I played, have played probably the most um, that we've reviewed. And, yeah, I mean, it it used to be kind of an annual thing. I would sit down, I would play through a a handful of Zelda games. And and whenever I did that, this was definitely uh, always up there. Uh, and I've just I've, I've picked this thing up, you know, originally on the Game Boy um, and now on the 3DS. And, yeah, it's just been one of those Zeldas that I I've, I've have so many saves where I've just kind of picked it up, played for a little bit, uh, and then quit. Uh, so it was nice to really sit down uh, for the first time in, in a few years and just and play through this one. Yeah, I didn't
2: actually ever play through this one myself. Uh, I remember my uh, cousin down in what we went like to, on spring break down to Kentucky.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I remember him getting it at the local Walmart and watching him play it on the Game Boy. And it, it looked fun. You know, I, I really wasn't playing the Game Boy at the time, uh, but he he seemed to really love it. And for some reason, I just never got around to playing it again. Uh, you know, I'm not quite the, the biggest Zelda fan in the world, so I'm not like hunting down old Zeldas to play them again. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was looking forward to, uh, you know, actually trying it again or trying it for the first time.
0: I don't know how I had not played this previously, except for time. I think the only thing, mm-hmm. looking at when it came out and, and how old I was at the time and other systems that were out, that's the only thing I can think of as to how I didn't play this. Because I had a Game Boy, I loved the Game Boy, and I loved the original Legend of Zelda uh, and, and the Super Nintendo one, which admittedly, I never got to finish because I didn't own it, but I played a ton of it, and I loved it. So I don't know how I didn't play this. Uh I mean, you know, I understand if if it was a remake of Zelda 2, why you wouldn't want to play it. But otherwise, if it was a Zelda game on the Game Boy any time, I should have been playing it. And so it's I have no real excuse for myself as to why I hadn't played this before. But as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as I knew we were looking for a handheld title, I knew this is one I had to revisit Mm because good or bad. And I knew it was probably going to be good. uh, It was definitely worth playing. So, like I said, based on time, this is why this would makes sense to me that I hadn't played it. This game came out in 1993. Uh, the original mm-hmm. Zelda on Nintendo was was 1986-1987, depending on what version it was. Uh, and then again, Zelda 2 wasn't for a year later. Then nothing for Zelda until the Super Nintendo Legend of Zelda a Link to the Past in 1991-92. In so this came out after that. It was originally supposed to be kind of a straight port. Uh, and then, you know, along the way they said, no, let's make it our own game, uh, since they kind of outsourced it to somebody else to do. Uh, I, w- I did forget. In between these two, of course, the classic Philips CDI games came out. Uh, now mm. those those will have a whole other episode uh, to those. If if you've never seen the Philips CDI games, I highly recommend just looking them up on YouTube, but never ever in any way playing them. Uh, they're definitely uh, games Nintendo would choose to forget. But this game, however, uh, is is great. You can definitely fee- see how it it kind of splits off from Link to the Past. It's definitely built on the same sort of of mm-hmm. engine and graphic style. But it's it's its own game. I mean, the the bits that I've played of of Link to the Past before this, which was most of the game, but um, you know, you can tell it's not a remake. It's its own thing,
1: and it's it's impressive that they fit all of this game on a Game Boy. Oh yeah, uh, you would think with a uh, with a you know on the on the Game Boy, you would be getting kind of a watered down uh, kind of a, a lesser because uh, you know Link to the Past was a a, a big game. Uh, that was a that game. Many a dungeon in it, it, a long length of time to get through it, and pretty big map. Um, but what you get on this one, you get just you know, a handheld version of a game that is pretty comparable to that size-wise, I think. Um, it's it's a pretty robust game on the Game Boy. It's certainly the game on there that I have clocked the longest amount of hours on. Uh, no, it's a full. It's a and, and this was a concern when when I was a kid when I picked it up because uh, Mario Land, um, which. I, We'll have to get around one day. Uh, kind of in the same vein of of games on popular series on handheld that got overlooked. Um, I always thought ran a little short, uh, more so than the other Mario games I was accustomed to. Uh, so I kind of thought maybe this would be be the same, but no. You you get a full, robust Zelda game here. That's
2: kind of what I was wondering when I you know going into it for the first time. You know, this was an original Game Boy game. You know, they did have the, the Game Boy Color release of it, the, the DX uh-huh. version. But, you know, I, I didn't know if this was just going to be baby's first Zelda game or, you know, what was going on. But, yeah, this, you know, it's not as big as, as Link's Awakening, uh, the map size anyway. But this is, yeah, this is a full Zelda game. Uh, for what it lacks in overall size compared to Link's Awakening, uh, I think they did a great job of of stuffing that map with with things just about every screen to do or something mm-hmm. to find or something mm-hmm. you know secrets and things like that. It is it is one of the more stuffed Zelda games uh, yes. that I've played.
1: Yeah, they didn't they didn't waste any other space on this one. Every every little square on that map. Uh, most likely you're not going to run into a lot of a lot of empty ones, uh, whereas a, a Link to the Past, you know, you just run through several screens without really encountering anything. No, there's usually a, a reason to to stop and, and kind of look around uh, every every little bit of this map.
0: Yeah, it's a very condensed map, uh, and it's definitely smaller than A Link to the Past. Uh, it's mm-hmm. actually a smaller map than the original Zelda. It's, it's probably half the size of those maps, but they definitely get the most out of those areas. I mean, there's a lot of, of backtracking in this game that I think some of the other Zeldas don't have, the earlier Zeldas, uh, but you don't mind because the map is one shorter and there are some, some fast transportation options for you at certain points. Uh, since you brought up the DX uh, remake of this for the, the Game Boy... <coughs> color. That's the version I played for this podcast. I don't know if if either Mm -hmm. of you played the original black and white only uh, for this or not. The game is essentially the same. There's nothing missing from the black and white version that the DX version does not have, uh, to my understanding at least. And the extra content is completely optional content other than that it's in color. Uh, There's one extra dungeon that gives you some extra powered armor, and there is the ability to use the Game Boy Camera. And printer, I didn't use either of those options.
1: No, sadly, I, I did play the DX version, but I just, you know, <sighs> couldn't get the Game Boy printer out. Um, but, but maybe next time, maybe that, maybe a future playthrough.
2: Yeah, I was actually playing the black and white version. Um, I, I still have my my cousin's original copy of that game. So I, I broke out, you know, I was playing on an actual Game Boy Color, but I didn't have mm-hmm. the DX version. Mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of wondering what I was missing out on. I looked it up and the, the camera thing came up. And I was like, holy shit, man, I missed out big time on this one because that, that Game Boy camera was was a fascinating <laughs> little thing to me. <laughs> I always wanted one so bad. And just to be able to to see the, you could print out the pictures or something oh, at yeah. certain parts of the game. It, it's kind of kind of
1: neat. Yeah, well, uh, that's, uh, yeah, I mean that's back when if they would have put out a, a damn camera or a printer for for a handheld now I would scoff at it. But it, it was pretty amazing uh, back then. But yeah, that's that's something different. And, and speaking of different, I think the the big thing about this one is there there's no uh, no Triforce. There's no Triforce, there's no no Ganon, uh, there's no no Zelda in this one.
0: No, it's it's a very different... I mean, the gameplay is Zelda. There's no argument that the gameplay is in Zelda, but the, the mm-hmm. background and some of the the side story to this is completely different from the previous Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda's. Yes, there is no Zelda. One of the big things I noticed is that in this game you can... Remap what both action buttons do In all the other Mm -hmm. earlier Zeldas It's like you had a sword button And then you had this thing you could move around to other items This lets you remap everything So everything being two buttons instead of one But it means you can make some interesting combos That you wouldn't have been able to do in Link to the Past even I mean, uh, for example, there's there's some boots you get that make you run fast. Uh, like do a charge attack, and then there's a feather that lets you jump, which is also kind of cool. You couldn't jump in Link to the Past. This has an item that lets you mm-hmm. jump, and and you'd need to combine those in different ways so that you could do your charge and then jump farther than you'd normally be able to jump to get over half of the you know half of the places in the map. And it was kind of cool. Like I felt at first like I was cheating, and then I realized no, that's actually how it's designed. But it was still like it was neat to use that ability to kind of. Piece together ways to get through it. That that reminded me a lot of of more recent Zelda's, like I mean, even even mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild. There's a lot of that game that feels like I don't think this is how I'm supposed to beat this, but it let me, so I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, and okay, so <laughs> this is my complaint
2: for the game. Um, I, I it's I understand that they're trying to mimic, um, you know, the Super NES game as far as like what you can do, but you only got two buttons on the Game Boy. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what they have that inventory system in there for, but I got to the point where it got tedious sometimes to just keep switching back and forth because you have to, you know, if you don't want to have your, or something else on that, that inventory, you've got to stop, you've got to pause, you've got to go into the inventory, you've got to select it, go back out, use it. Then if you want to switch back to your sword (laughs) or shield or something like that, go back into that inventory screen. Pick it, go back. It only takes like a second or two, but it adds up over time, especially later in the game where you actually have to start doing those combinations over and over again to, to get through some of those dungeons.
1: Yeah, there are there are a few times. And and it, it's usually me uh, just not thinking when I go up to something. But there are there are several items in here, uh, one of which is a, a bracelet that uh, increases your, your lifting. But there's a lot of things you can't lift when this game first starts. Uh, and you'll know because you'll get a message every time every single time telling you you can't lift this. Um, just when you touch it, it pops up there. And it takes a, it takes a second to get it off there. So yeah, there's a, a lot of me thinking I have not equipped. I walk up to something. No, I get the message. I go to my menu. I equip the I equip the, uh, the thing so I can lift. I go back. I hit the wrong button. I get the message again. There's a little bit of that in his. Um, just uh, small annoyances here and there. Just little seconds, like Jeremy said, that, that add up. Um, Especially later in the game, but uh, but early on, I think it does a good job of here's the item you just got, and now you're going to go through an area where you're going to use that quite a bit to get you accustomed to it. But yeah, later on, there's a there's kind of a, an experimental phase, uh, and you're you're putting together different combinations. And yeah, one of the bad things is that uh, sometimes that's sacrificing having your sword at the ready. It definitely
0: happens, especially in some of the later later dungeons where i felt like i spent more time on the inventory screen than actually mm-hmm. you know fighting things uh in the rooms i didn't mind that because i felt like in general this game is a little bit slower paced than mm-hmm. some of the i mean i don't know if i said slower paced than the original zelda but it definitely feels like it uh definitely more than the length the past i felt like this was uh, i don't want to say a thinking man zelda but but compared to those other two it kind of is this is the first zelda that had as far as i know the level of puzzles and difficult sections yeah, of, yeah. of like not just combat and not just finding the dungeon and getting through it but even figuring out um you know what you need to do to like because you have to have keys to open up most of the dungeons mm-hmm. so you have to do go go find the key and most of the time finding that key is a is more involved than the dungeon itself i thought yes um yeah you know a, a good example so i, I guess if for some reason you don't know what zelda is again i don't know why you're listening to these podcasts but it's a top-down <laughs> action adventure rpg every screen is a self-contained room more or less even in the overworld when you go to the next screen the map scrolls over you go to the next room uh, it means that all those rooms are designed very carefully to make sure you can or cannot do what the what nintendo wants you to do in them to get through the game so This game starts where Link, the hero, uh, has a shipwreck at the beginning. He washes on the shore of a mysterious island, Koholint Island, uh, and he's brought back to a village by a girl uh, and wakes up in a bed. That's kind of also, you know, Link's Awakening or uh, Link to the Past. As a, you know, you start out in a bed as well, more or less uh, for actual gameplay. This is the same idea, but in this game, you'd have to go out and figure out everything. Like, there's nothing, you don't start with anything in your inventory. I think the, the other early mm-hmm. Zeldas is the same thing. You don't get a sword, but you go to the cave right next to where you start, you get a sword. Uh, this one, you have to go find the sword on the shore. And that, uh, th- then to find the first dungeon, you get sent to go find the first key. And that's where you get your first optional, or not optional, but uh, first usable item, which is that bag of mushroom powder. Yes. So this is the first time in the game where I was like, whoa, there's a lot more to this game. I had to talk to a lot of people in town. I had to figure out exactly where to go to get... Uh, this this mushroom powder, and even then I kind of fumbled around till I figured out mm-hmm. what to do to get this mushroom powder. There's a mm-hmm. um, a moblin I think, that's that says like, I'm here to make sure you can't get past this, and then he sneezes or something because he's afraid of the pollen. So you can figure out you're supposed to do something at that point. Uh, so you wander around so you find a witch who says she'll make you some powder, and then you have to go find a mushroom to give to the witch to get the powder, to get past the moblin to get the first key, and that's the kind of quests that are in this to just to get through the main story of the game. These aren't optional quests for like a you know, new hat or something. These are these are what you need to do, and, and the previous Zeldas really didn't do anything like this at all.
1: No, I mean the other Zeldas, you had you know your bomb this wall, your you know your hidden areas, or or throw the fire onto this tree here to to reveal some steps. Uh, but this one really um, encourages exploration uh, more than any Zelda up to that point, point. Um, and I, I dare say more than you know any Zelda until we got into the uh, the. 64 era. Um, But yeah, uh, you're, you're rewarded for going around talking to everyone. uh, Just, just getting these hints. I mean, the only thing you have to really kind of steer you in direction is a, a wise owl that comes down to a kind of movie along and tell you, he just tells you what general area to go to. Um, And of course there's the old man you can, you can call up on the phone who is supposed to be helpful, but usually isn't worth shit. Um, but yeah, uh, this game just really encourages you to get out there uh, and just explore the map, uh, just talk to characters. And, and one of the big things in this, and one of the things I love from this game, uh, and just to you know, tell you kind of the level of exploration, is uh, kind of the mini-game in which you trade items throughout the game. And this is probably my favorite part of it. It starts off innocently enough. You come across this, uh, this young couple with a crying baby. The baby's crying because he, he wants the, the new Yoshi doll. And this doll just happens to be at a, at a store it has a crane game in it in town. A whole big store with one big crane game in it. I don't know how it stays in business. But <laughs> you go in and, and you retrieve the doll. You give it to them. And from there on, they give you an item. And either if you talk to someone before, it might click in your head, oh, I'm going to take this item to them. Or uh, you just, through looking around and, and talking to characters, you realize this character uh, wants this item. And and you continue kind of this bartering back and forth until eventually it ends with you getting a, a an item at the end, a, a usable weapon. But uh but yeah, that's just it's that's one of my favorite parts from this and I, I was sure to see it through all the way all the way through this time when I played. Uh, and, and, yeah, it's just something unique in Zelda up to that point in time, whereas the, the townspeople and, and kind of the background was just, it was just, it was there. Uh, you can just run right through most of the time if you wanted to and just talk to just a couple of key people and, and progress through the story. But this one really, really, and it's like Jeremy P. said, it, it feels slower because it rewards you for playing a little bit of a slower game.
2: And going into it for the first time for me, I was actually really surprised because I guess I was expecting a more bare-bones experience, Mm
3: -hmm. Uh,
2: even more bare-bones than than something like Link to the Past. I was just expecting a very simple Zelda experience, And, Mm and instead, whenever you start it up, it's very much just like it has... It kind of tries its hand at questing, you know, it's just like, go Uh here. Here's what this person wants. Okay, well, I don't have this here. So I need to go over here and get this and then come back and then, you know, go back to town, talk to this person, go to this, like this other thing. And it kind of took me by surprise. I just, I wasn't expecting that in a Zelda game.
1: Yeah, and the map is the perfect size for it. And I think it's the one time, uh, where the little bit of a smaller map comes, comes in handy because backtracking on here and you'll do it, uh, especially if you want to do this, this trade quest and several other things. It's never a pain. Uh, it just. This game manages to do something that if, if someone says, oh, you're going to trade items back and forth between you know characters you, you've talked to throughout the entire game, and you're going to have to go back here and here and then back here, that sounds tedious. Uh, that sounds like something that I usually would bow out of if it was an optional quest in a game. Uh, but this one, it pulls it off. It's, it's never a chore in this game. Uh, nothing they throw in front of you is really just uh, eye-rolling at all.
2: This it- made me miss smaller scale games like that like i just playing this it it was just so much fun to be like okay none of this is tedious you know it is a very compact game it's filled to the brim with shit i never felt like i was just like oh man i gotta run back across this goddamn map again yeah i I, it was a joy every time to do it
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah definitely it, it you know like i said i played it In a car, so I was playing nonstop. I mean, I was was driving for eight to nine hours at a time. Well, not driving, I was riding, or else that would be extremely dangerous. Uh, But I was riding for eight or nine hours at a time, and I never got tired of this as a whole. There'd be times where I wanted a break just to to do something else, but not because I got frustrated or bored, uh, just because I'm a person who has too many games all the time. But uh, to go back to what you were saying, I thought this was an optional quest. The, the trading quest. I did start it cuz it was, you know, obvious what to do. And then at a certain point I was like, yeah, I'll get back to this later if I if I feel like finishing this up. But you actually need to finish this quest. At least <laughs> most of the way through it. I think you can skip the last couple things but you have to get yeah. trade up yeah. enough things to get that magnifying glass if you mm-hmm. don't have that it's not possible to finish the last dungeon unless you just want to fumble indefinitely yeah uh, and there, there's only
1: one more there's only one more step after the magnifying glass on there and that's the uh to find this uh otherwise hidden uh character that trades you for the boomerang Right,
0: yeah, the extremely overpowered boomerang. Uh, But it is nice that you can get it. You don't need that. And in fact, I I did not get that on purpose uh, until I finished the game and went back and cleaned up the few things I didn't do. But I I totally thought that was an optional side quest. And I probably stopped three-fourths of the way through it. I guess at a certain point you get a fish hook. And I couldn't figure out what to do with that fish hook, so I thought I'll come back to it later, and, and who cares. And then when I got to the last dungeon, I was like, I cannot get through this. And realized, oh... I see, I need to get a magnifying glass so that I can go back to a library and look at a book with tiny print, and that will tell you what to do to get through the last dungeon. Uh, And that's... This is a... It's an interesting game because, I mean, we're talking about all the things that, that weren't like Zelda, but there is a very strong Zelda game underneath this. There is a series of dungeons you have to find in the overworld that are either hidden or behind a locked door, and then you go through those eight dungeons to unlock the last dungeon that you have to go to. It's It's got s- different parts of the map, or, you know, there's plains and a swamp and a forest and a mountain area and a water area. I mean, it's, it's very Zelda in... All you know in every way it needs to be, but it has this other, uh, more involved puzzle kind of theme overarching the whole game experience. And you said you thought the uh, the old man you call on the phone and there there's telephone uh, houses, I guess, uh, kind of mm-hmm. spread out throughout the map. You said he was fairly useless. I'm gonna be honest with you. If I didn't have that telephone guy, I would not have <laughs> finished this game without looking up things. He, there, were, there were parts where I wasn't quite sure, like, why what I'm doing isn't quite right. Uh, I had the right idea, but maybe was in the wrong place, or, or I didn't think something would make any sense to do that, or in some instances, it was something I swore I did, but then he'd tell me to do something, and I would go try it again, and it would work mystically, and, and that's, um, <laughs> I, I actually yeah. had, to, I, I don't know, I mean, you said you've played this a million times, Billy, so you probably didn't have to look anything up for this playthrough. Uh, I got stuck early on. To, to, to for something where I was like I, I'm not going to give up on this right now Because I, I need mm-hmm. to finish it for this podcast So I looked it up and it was one of those things Where I was like I swear to god I did this And then I did it again and it worked That's infuriating but I, I can't blame anyone but myself But it was so early that it wasn't like I didn't think to use one of these 50 items It was in the second dungeon When you first walk in the door There are two uh, torches that are out And obviously the, the puzzle is to light the torches and I, the only items I had at the time Were like a sword And uh, that powder And I had what whatever the first dungeon gave you The Was that the feather Anyway it, some item that yes. the first dungeon gives you So I, I was like okay well it, The only thing that makes any sense is this powder And I tried it and it didn't work And I must have just not hit it or been off to the side Or not quite up next to it because that's what you do For no reason this mushroom powder will light, uh, will light A torch and it does say when you get the powder Try this on a lot of things So it kind of gives you a hint but, I, I mean, I swore to God I did that. And then I, I tried a million other things, and I thought maybe I have to find a torch and, like, light my sword and run into the room. Like, I wasted a lot of time trying to figure this puzzle out. And then I looked it up and see it was just the powder that I swore I tried, like, first, <laughs> infuriating. But I did look that up. Uh, and I, I looked up how to beat a boss, it, which was stupid. In the Zelda games, generally, uh, if you get an item in a dungeon, you're going to use that item on the boss. You're going like to use that's, it, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, especially the early games, that's exactly how it worked. And And this was no difference uh there's the eighth dungeon you get the fire wand that lets you shoot fire and i don't know why i guess because the guy's name was like firehead i was like well cool you don't use fire on firehead and and i was like i can't hurt this guy at all and it's like why don't you try the fire wand idiot like oh okay (laughs) i see i should have done the thing i would have done anyway and i swore i tried it i must have just missed i don't know but uh it's it's definitely that that guy's phone booth uh, I mean, I think it was added on purpose. I think without that phone booth guy, a lot more people would have would have gotten frustrated with this game and walked away.
2: Yeah, it was it was actually interesting to have a little bit of guidance in a Zelda game. I mean, there generally isn't any, you know, it's, it's very much just like figure it out. You find the dungeons, get through the dungeons, get your item, figure out where you need to use that item next. And and it's it, Zelda games can be very vague that way. So. Yeah, when just having a hint booth built into the game was was kind of neat. There were definitely times like he would tell me something. I'd be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But then there were other times where it was genuinely useful information.
0: Much like any other Zelda game, uh, uh, aside from this item trading thing to get some other items and Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that you do have to talk to the townspeople and and there's, you know, like a fishing mini game and some other stuff. It's pretty much the standard Zelda formula. You go through... You know, go through a dungeon, you get a new item in that dungeon. Uh, for example, you get a feather that lets you jump, which is pretty cool in a Zelda game. I mean, up to now, you could jump in Zelda 2, but everyone ignores that game and pretends it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, in, in Link to the Past, you could walk off things to kind of jump down, but you couldn't jump up or over anything. Uh, this gave you a feather that let you do that. Uh, you get boots that let you run a little bit faster. You get the fire wand that I mentioned earlier. Aside from the. The equipable items, you also get some items that just permanently work in the background. Yeah. Um, the, the, the item that lets you swim is one of those. I forgot exactly what it is, but it doesn't matter a mask or, or something. Uh, and, oh, and, that's the, uh, the flippers. Oh, the flippers. Okay, of course. Why, mm-hmm. why wouldn't it be? So, flippers let you swim in the deeper waters. Uh, flippers are one of those items that once you get it and you can go in the deeper waters, if you push the button, the A button, because you can't fight in the water, you'll dive underwater. And at first I thought that was just to avoid combat. And it actually is useful because if you don't use that in certain spots, you can't <laughs> you can't get to the the sixth dungeon, I think. But also that's where you do that that trade for the the hook. If you duck mm-hmm. underwater at certain points, you find like hidden screens, like little side scrolly screens or little people to talk to. And I was like, Oh. Once I found I found the first one, and that was something that the phone booth told me to do. It's like, why don't you go try swimming underneath of it? I'm like, oh. That's why I'm glad that <laughs> phone booth was there. Um so you 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 get an item in each of the dungeons that helps you kind of progress in your quest uh, until eventually you get to the last dungeon, fight the ultimate bad guy. And in this game, unlike, uh, like we said earlier, there's no Triforces. You're not fighting Ganon. Instead, you're going through all the dungeons to get a musical instrument so that you can wake up the wind fish. Uh, the, the owl mentions that to you constantly. The owl is kind of your guy that tells you what to do and um, you know, where in general, if you have to get a key, where to find the key, or maybe the general area of the map to find the next dungeon. Uh, I, I do think that was a lot more helpful than the original Zelda. It, it's been so long since we've, you know, first played the original Legend of Zelda. There was mm-hmm. no guidance. You had to find some of those dungeons by random chance. There's ways you could go to them out of order. Uh, th- this game has fixed that problem. You're not going to go to any of these dungeons out of order. Uh, you can't, it will not let you. Uh, it's, it's very well put together in that way. Um, I guess compared to the other Zeldas, did you guys think this game was harder or easier than the I, we'll just stick with Link's uh, with the original Legend of Zelda and, and Link to the Past.
2: For me this is way easier. Like I, I mentioned before that this was you know, I didn't didn't know if it was going to be babies versus Zelda or not and it, it definitely wasn't that, but uh, as far as like just getting through the game and especially even uh, a lot of the bosses very simple uh, to be. Some of them just really didn't require anything besides just standing up next to them and, and swinging your sword over and over, which is not what I was expecting from a Zelda game. But yeah, it's still challenging, definitely in parts, but I I, I would say this is one of the easier Zelda games I've played.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I would put it right there with with some of the easiest, um, certainly more so than Link to the Past, which got pretty, pretty difficult, pretty brutal partway through. Uh, but this one stays with enough challenge so you don't get bored but uh, it's never it's never too much at any point. It definitely has its moments
0: where the puzzle part makes it a little difficult seeming or maybe you're not quite sure what you're supposed to do or you know that trading thing that I I didn't get the the magnifying glass till way late. But it it definitely the combat like Jeremy said is Almost a joke in parts. There are definitely some bosses, especially if you if it's a dungeon where you get an item that's not a combat item, that you're like, okay, and you just walk up next to them and destroy them. I mean, the, the combat in this game, up to the last boss, and even he wasn't that difficult, are, was very, very straightforward. Um, the dungeons, I thought, in general, were really, really interesting and very well put together. I, I think, you know, I mean, I was expecting original zelda style dungeons which are fine but it's just kind of fight your way through it and find the keys to open unlocked doors but this had a lot of more involved puzzles with switches and um you know things you had to, to jump over in certain spots the switches were heavy in this a lot of switch puzzles
2: mm-hmm. yeah these are actually some of my, my favorite zelda dungeons that, I, that i've actually played through so uh, none of them you know it, i never really got stuck uh, too often, any there was generally always a. It, it seemed like a solid path to follow, and you, you couldn't really stray too far from that. And in some of these dungeons, uh, maybe the later dungeons definitely uh, you could kind of be like, I don't know what I'm doing. But the earlier dungeons, probably up to like the the fifth or sixth, n- none of them really. Uh, got me to the point where I I was, I was just stuck and didn't know what to do, but Mm. they were completely enjoyable. Like I, they weren't like super long or anything like that. And uh, it it was just uh, altogether just fun to go through, which is weird because usually I'm not a a Zelda dungeon kind of guy. I usually get about halfway through one. I'm just like, I don't okay. Time to not play Zelda anymore for a while. Uh, Just because I get so frustrated with it. Uh, Mm. Maybe this is the Zelda for Uh me. So (laughs) I was finally able to play an old
1: school Zelda and actually have fun for, for basically the entire way through. Yeah, and as much as I love the games, that's always my least favorite part of them, but not in this one. And I, I think it, it's it's going cool with what we said about the, the overworld in general, where they didn't really waste uh, any of the space they had in it. Like, every square in the dungeon has has either a switch or, or something to jump over or something like that, whereas in the older Zelda games, some of those rooms in the dungeons were just, you know, kill one or two enemies scattered around and walk through. There were a lot of empty rooms. There, uh, there's, there's plenty to do in this one. Uh, I'm plenty to look at in in most of the rooms of every dungeon,
2: there was some just some nice quality of life things. Uh, you know, having mm-hmm. having a compass mm-hmm. uh, chime whenever you go into a room where there's a key. You know, that yes. was uh, definitely made things a lot easier.
0: Yeah, the compass and the map, uh, much like in the original Zelda game, are in every dungeon. They help you, definitely help you navigate through the dungeon. Uh, but they do add that extra ability where it chimes if there's a key in the room. Uh, mm-hmm. And it also, I, I think they made them very easy to get those two items in most of the dungeons. I remember in the original Zelda, there would be dungeons where I'd finish and I would never have gotten the compass or, you know, you don't need yeah. it. Uh, in this game, they make it so it's pretty clear where those items are in the in the easier paths to get through in most of the dungeons. Uh, up until, I guess, Dungeon 8, where you actually have some, a larger dungeon with more parts to it, uh, that, that you could possibly miss those items until late in the dungeon, but... That said because these were smaller dungeons, uh, unlike some of the the later games, th- this reminded me of a lot of Phantom Hourglass and uh, Spirit tracks, and both of those in the dungeons were very similar ideas to these dungeons, a lot of switches, yes. a lot of a lot of uh, not backtracking, but kind of going through different parts of the dungeon that you couldn't get through mm-hmm. before in the same condensed dungeon but this was because this was earlier and and I'm sure. Because of the size they could handle in the game These are much more enjoyable dungeons Than dungeons in those two games The DS games, while I finished both of them are, Were a chore And were not enjoyable And I will never play them again uh, Because those <laughs> dungeons were extremely long <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the, at least in this case of Spirit Tracks The train thing got old real quick
1: yeah, and, and we're never going to review those at any point. It may as well be worth saying that of all the Zelda games, I have played those through once and was content with one time only. Uh, yeah, those were uh, this is still still the, the kind of the reigning king of the, uh, the handheld Zelda games.
2: And it's weird because I mean, I didn't expect this to work this well as a handheld <laughs> game that wasn't on the DS. You know, even back on the DS, I was like, well, this is just going to be a very simplified Zelda experience. Uh, but it didn't end up being that on the Game Boy. This is this is a full-featured Zelda game, and I think it actually does the game a lot of good to for the developers to have to make this kind of compact Zelda experience. Mm-hmm. It, it does not; it's not overly long. The dungeons are, are fun. They don't, you know, they don't test your patience the way they did, and and they've added a lot more to to every screen, so it, it just makes it a, a more compact game and and to the point where I actually just enjoyed it more than I think I did a lot of the full-featured Zelda games.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely not the case, like, you know, Billy had mentioned the original Super Mario Land, where it was a shorter, watered-down, still fun, but, but kind of a pocket Mario, as opposed to being a full-fledged game. This, this was a full Zelda game, much like I would say Metroid 2. If I had to pick two games on the system that uh, have aged yes. well and, and are definitely worth playing again. both of these this and and Metroid two would be those games uh, the the dX version I do want to cover real quick uh, before I do that. Let me start again. Did anyone get the quote extra ending?
1: i I did not this time through, but have um in in the past. um I, I was really I had found out about it and then kind of concentrated. I'm getting through, which uh, is yeah. that—that's the—you—you uh, you can't die. Yeah, you, uh, can't, you can't die once, through. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You mean but there's it, more than just seeing Link stranded on a log in the ocean?
1: Is, is not there... much more. Not much okay. more. Uh, the, there's a character Marin throughout the the game she's kind of the uh, kind of replaces Zelda as the the, the main female character uh, of the game not, not really a love interest or anything of, of that nature um, but no, the end uh, throughout the game she you know has this this song that, that plays throughout the game and, and one of her wishes are to you know to be able to to fly off the island like the uh, like one of the birds or, or whatnot. So at the end of the game it shows something uh, that shows a, a picture of her transitioning into a, a seagull flying across the Ocean, so you don't feel like a, a complete piece of shit for killing everybody on there, which is a big spoiler for the end. Well, it, it's not really. Yeah, you, I was going to say, it's not really that you it, kill it's, everybody. Kind of a
2: yeah, yeah well, that, well, you <laughs> Kind of do. You, 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 why, they no longer exist because of your actions. Yeah, the, I was kind of surprised again with this game that this story is kind of dark. You know, I I, I, I think we can spoil this game. I don't know, it's really I, I, old, I was, but. Yeah.
3: <laughs> It's 25 uh, years. You, we halfway
2: through, you figure out that you're, you know, when you wake up the wind fish, everyone will cease to exist. It was all a dream. And, you know, it's totally doing the Mario 2 kind of thing where everything's just a dream. But, you know, the, after you finish the game, the dream fish goes, he wakes up and goes away. But the island is gone as well. And just the regular ending, it's just Link back in the ocean on a log, basically, just, just in the water. And that was it. I was like, oh, you well, that's see a the depressing fly as hell away.
0: ending. You're not sure if it's your dream or not, but then you see the windfish fly away and you realize it's the windfish's dream. That was the, yeah. So, when, but, so I don't think they all mm-hmm. die. It's a dream. They you wake up and they they cease to exist. You you were just in their dream. They weren't real. But either way, I get what you're saying. But I don't think they all died. That's a darker turn than I think this meant. But but yes, if you oh. get the extra,
1: you, you say you you tell yourself what you need to so you can sleep tonight. That's
0: true. That that is what I need to tell myself. Or else I will just cry indefinitely and play it again and never finish. Mm-hmm. It. Um, but the uh, yeah, the extra <laughs> ending is just an extra like literally an extra screen. Uh,
1: but yeah, never yeah, dying. Which I, it, it's yeah, it's, it's not worth the, uh, the the effort you have to put into it, really. It's just another screen, and nowadays you could just look that up uh, if you wanted to. Uh,
0: so the color version did add a few extra things. We already mentioned it uses the Game Boy printer and camera so that you can take pictures <laughs> of Zelda or sorry, take pictures of Link in different places and print them out. Uh, and there's like a character, like a, a squirrel or raccoon or something that's the... Uh, the camera shop owner that shows you that ability And he'll show up at different spots mm-hmm. And oh hilariously mm-hmm. falls off a ledge or something While he takes a picture And then there's a goofy picture of Link I think that was a cool neat addition I, Again I'm not going to find And or hook up a Game Boy printer ever uh, I used it when it first <laughs> came out Because we were selling them uh, And they were they were goofy But it was a neat, a neat option um, The other thing that the DX adds, other than adding color, obviously, is an extra dungeon in the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the there's a, a book in the library that's only on the DX version that shows you how to like what order to push certain things, and it doesn't really tell you. But once you get to the screen, it's basically obvious. Hey, here's what I'm supposed to do. And if you actually accidentally touch a gravestone, it's like, hey, if only you knew what to do, you'd find this extra thing here. <laughs> it doesn't say that, but that's basically what it tells you. Uh, so yeah. you can go to that after getting the the, the I think the second level of the bracelet, but maybe you can do it with the first level of the bracelet. You can start pushing the gravestones in a certain order and it will unlock this dungeon for you. It is a color-based dungeon where uh, there's different colored enemies and you have to hit them into certain colored panels to unlock the, the, you know, find the keys and stuff. It's not a hard dungeon. It was a neat dungeon for the the mechanic because it's not obviously anywhere else in the game. Uh, But when you finish Mm -hmm. the dungeon, you get a a choice of a red or blue armor switch so you switch from the green standard link color into blue or red uh which gives you either more power or more defense uh you can never go back to the yeah. green outfit once you get that but you can run that dungeon over and over again if you want to switch between red and blue um mm-hmm. I, I didn't do it before i finished the game i don't think you need to do it by any means to finish the game but it's a neat you uh, know it, another neat option
1: it is it and it's uh, I, I did this time um but yeah, it's uh, you certainly don't have to. It is it's every bit optional. But yeah, it, it's it's really a big advantage. Whichever one you pick, uh, the the red I believe doubles your damage. Uh, the blue halves the damage you you take in. Which for a game that already where the combat isn't isn't too difficult, it it makes it a lot easier because your sword now is you know kind of working at, at, at where it's working when you get the the level two sword uh, if you turn in the the shells. There's Another little thing where you collect shells throughout the game, and you take it to a guy, and and it fills up a little, a little meter on there. And yeah, I think once you hit twenty, um, which there are twenty five or so scattered throughout the game, uh, you get the you get the level two sword, which which does a significant deal of damage. Um, but yeah, but, so being able to get this armor, especially that early in the game, it's kind of—I I don't know if I could recommend it or not. Um, if, if it's your first time playing through, because I think it really just further, uh, maybe oversimplifies the, the difficulty at that point. Yeah, the
2: game's already kind of easy anyway, and, and yeah. I didn't play the DX version, but yeah, if I would have got that, I'd just like—I'm just rolling through this game, you know. It, yeah. Either one, you know, if you get the sword power up and mm-hmm. just blasting through shit, or if you get the mm-hmm. uh, the defense, then you're, you're all. I think it's like all the damage is halved at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: it hell, I, mean,
2: I didn't I mean, really get a, down too too low anyway, so that would... yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, it's perfect for a second run. Um, maybe if you're just trying to speed through the game and you want to play, um, to have an advantage like that. I, I, I really the first time through, um. If you want to take a look at the color dungeon, feel free. But but I recommend uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if your first playthrough you end up picking up uh, one of those armors and playing through. I think. I and it's say, a game. It's it's a game you'll want to replay anyway. So yeah, I I will say that I, I went and
2: looked at the DX version on YouTube after the fact. And that's a really nice looking Game Boy Color game. Mm-hmm. Like there weren't too many Game Boy Color games that used color that well. Like it legit looks like it should be like a. a Almost like a next-generation Game Boy game uh, mm. with with how well it used color.
0: Yeah, it's very pretty, and that's the version you can buy uh, on the 3DS or the DS if you you don't have the 3D one, the 2DS. Uh, you can get that now still uh, from you know downloading from the uh, the Nintendo shop, and I highly recommend it. If if in any way you like Zelda games, and I guess classic Zelda games, I guess if you've only played the 3DS, maybe this will seem like a child's game, but it's not. It's amazing, and everyone should try it.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's a shame that, uh, it, like Jeremy P. said at the beginning, this one got overlooked by a lot of people. Uh, when you talk about Zelda games and you bring this one up, you find that there are a lot of people that just, this one, just passed them by. So it's definitely worth looking back if you're a fan of the older Zelda titles, or just a fan in general. I think uh, if you're not familiar with the top-down Zeldas, this is, is probably a good starting point.
2: And for me, this is it. Ended up being one of my favorite Zelda games. I am glad we played it. I, the, the only annoyance I really had was the inventory, kind of late in the game, switching mm-hmm. back and forth constantly. Uh, it, it it was, you know, it it wasn't that big of a deal in the end. But as as far as just how good the rest of the game was, that was literally the only thing that I could really pick at and be like, this was something that kind of annoyed me. But Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, amazing. A, a really really great portable Zelda experience. One of the best in in my opinion.
0: So that's our thoughts on The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy and the DX version for the Game Boy Color. Uh, not that we're surprised we enjoyed it, but we all love this one and highly recommend it. Uh, in fact, this got me motivated to try to look at the other Zelda games I'd never really played, uh, ignoring those mm-hmm. CDI versions. Uh, I never did play Oracles and Seasons uh, that are also Game Boy Color games, uh, and they are also available on the 3DS, and if you have any mm-hmm. Club Nintendo points or whatever, you can get discounts for them. So I think I'm going to get those two and play those when I have some other trips this summer that i'm definitely going to be in the car for uh, to finish those off uh, but for our next game we're going to go completely uh, actually probably kind of a side shift from this time frame uh, and go from a nintendo system back to a sega system but this time the sega master system and play the original alex kid in miracle world uh, it's a game that mm-hmm. w- later on became the pack in uh, built-in game for the master system 2 it was not the original Sega mascot, but the one before Sonic in any event. Uh, had, had a handful mm-hmm. of games for the Master System and one for the Genesis. Uh, but this is his first. The original game, in my opinion, uh, the, the one that I played the most, I'd say it's the, 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 the best in the series. Uh, whether or not that means it's good or not, I guess you'll have to listen to find <laughs> out. <laughs> so this week has had a fair amount of you know, retro console uh, notif- you know, announcements. One is that the Atari... I think it's got a name now, but the the Atari box uh, f- what was it a patreon that, that finally showed up that now you can you can basically prepay for the whole console which is 200 bucks for the standard and, and then more than that for different collector's editions. Uh, you buy a controller separately, uh, there are a little more details on it. looks like it comes with 100 preloaded Atari games and, and quote, original games, but there's none of that defined uh, with the ability to download and stream more. Again, no no idea if that has the price or not. Uh, shockingly, this has already gotten well over what it needed. It needed, like, $100,000, and in less than a day, it's got over a million, and
1: I don't understand
0: it. I don't
1: either. <laughs> yeah. It's... Oh, what was the thing? What was the pile of shit that came out several years ago? Uh, Ooh yeah. And, yeah, uh, this is just—it's that again. Um, it, but it's obvious this time because now we know better. I, I think uh, I think that was one of the first big big failures uh, in the, the you know the crowdfunding thing. Uh, so uh, people didn't know then. Uh, but, oh come on! You, you put your money towards this, you know what you're getting. It, it's not going to be good right now $200 to play old Atari games and supposed new games and, and that's it's just the lack of information they have about it uh, there, there's nothing out there, it, it's still bare uh, it doesn't even come with a damn controller So it's, it's probably I wasted my money on things so I, I can't say much but on this are fucking idiots. Well, I just think that <laughs> price point is way too
0: high. $200 for this seems... $200, yes. Excessive. I mean, again, they haven't really defined everything else. If these, quote, original games are... are, I don't need them to be current generation titles, but if they're even Mm-mm. Super Nintendo-era titles that are original, I I might be more interested in that, although I, I'd be very wary of what I was signing up for. But there's enough, like, uh, amazing 2D retro... Games you can find on Steam or or PS4 or Xbox that they could they could port these things over and and I might yeah. be more interested in in playing even like Spelunky I'd play Spelunky on a on a handheld system or a handheld, like a downloadable system why not I mean if there was a bunch of games that were those the 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 kind of retro 2D throwback games maybe but I still think two hundred dollars unless those games are all free I I still don't see it.
2: The $200 price point is is just insane. I mean, we spoke of the Uya, but that came out at $100, and it included a controller. Mm-hmm. The $200 Atari VCS thing is just the system. And I'm guessing it will work with Bluetooth controllers if you've got one. That's probably the only reason they're selling it without one. Uh, you've got the different price points as you go up uh, all the way up to, I think it's like $350 for like the wood grain one or something like that. I mean, it looks cool. I think it's a cool looking system, but there's, there's, like you guys have said, there's just so little information about it that it's, oh man, <laughs> I, I don't even, I love <laughs> to waste money on stupid things. Mm-hmm. And even looking at that, I was like, I could probably throw down $200 for that if I wasn't, you know, in the process of moving. But even with that, like in the back of my head, it's just like, there's, this is so shady looking in some ways. You got. I I could go spend twenty bucks on a a flashback Atari system and probably play most of the games that are going to come preloaded. Yeah, this
1: this, I can't name a hundred like good Atari games. They're gonna have fucking tanks on there. Probably like the eighteen variation of tanks, and that's that's eighteen of them there. I I, I don't know. Um, And for
2: me, nostalgia just isn't there for that. Like I love Atari and stuff like that, but.
1: Wanting yeah. me to pay two hundred bucks for one? No, I, uh, no, it's it's I think I think if, if you want one in your collection, just just based on looks, uh, I think just wait probably about a, a year or two and you'd probably pick one up for about fifteen or so.
0: Now, despite the fact that I'm incredibly wary of the Atari VCS, uh, also announced this week is that Intellivision is going to do basically the exact same thing. Uh, under the name <laughs> in television entertainment, uh, and yet somehow I'm extremely excited about this. And and there's even less details. They haven't defined anything that it's going to do except quote, you know, bring the brand into the modern era. Uh, if it ends up just being a $200 box that I can stream in television games on, I will probably still buy that. It has to have the original <laughs> controllers. It has to have, you know, all, all the the ability to, you know, I don't need. Overlays but hey for 200 bucks if you can Make me a controller that I can project You know ha- has the overlay come on a screen 100% in on this there's no <laughs> There's no maybe <laughs> even though it's The exact same thing I'm complaining about for Atari I don't know if it's well I know exactly why Because I had in television, and that's that's where I grew up playing video games. That's my thing. I guess that's the that's the thing for Atari, right? I guess if I had an Atari, but for me, it was always like, yeah, it's not as good as this Intellivision. television. Uh, even though I had some games I liked more uh, at some times, it still didn't have the the hold on me that the Intellivision brand does. So you guys to be making mm-hmm. fun of me hardcore later this year when I pay two hundred bucks for a, an Intellivision based <laughs> flashbox or whatever the hell is I'm going to buy.
3: <laughs>
2: I just I don't get the the idea behind like bringing these. Names into the modern age like what can you really do? I mean, there's you've you can bring out these flashback systems and the Intellivision just had a really great flashback system released not too long Uh ago. And so like what else are you doing? You're bringing these kind of Android boxes into the living room. That's way overpriced. And that's really all you've got. You know, you've got the nostalgia and you got the old games, but you're not Sony. You're not Nintendo. You're not Microsoft. What the hell can you really do? The, I, I just don't see what what sort of plan they have for for anything that's beyond here's a bunch of android
1: games yeah what? and and there's no way I can't see this thing being if it does make it out uh, uh, it's just not the kind of thing that's going to be i see being supported like a, a year or two down the road I, I don't there's no long term plan in place, I don't think,
2: and it doesn't even look like these are like those kind of third party uh, NES or, or super NES systems being made that can you can use to uh, that try their best to, to emulate and make the older Nintendo experience better mm-hmm. using modern hardware. You know, that's something that you can use forever. I've actually come very close to buying a couple of those. They're not like the emulator things. They're literally just, you know, they, they've had a lot of work put into them. Uh, to make these like a a modern NES or modern super Mm -hmm. NES. I wish I could remember the names, but it doesn't look like, I don't know anything about the Intellivision one, but I know the Atari one doesn't look, it. I I don't see a cart slot. You know, if I had like a ton of old Atari games and you were trying to sell me like, Oh, this is a a modern Atari that you can play your old collection on that you still have. I I don't see a way to do that. So it's literally just, here's an Android box and, and some emulated Atari games.
1: Yeah, this is—it's no good, and I feel pretty safe saying that uh, I, I'm haunted by all, all the shit we did on the switch a, while, a long time ago, and, <laughs> and, and the massive—I'm still picking the crow out of my teeth. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that this is uh, either a very elaborate scam or it's well-meaning people that are still going to put out a, a pile of shit, pretty much.
0: The only if they if either of these things and I know the the v c s does not have it based on what they've already shown and and I would assume the Intellivision one probably wouldn't as well if you could play those cards if you could play original cards, I would be in one hundred percent even the atari one i, I mean I don't want to pay two hundred bucks for it, but uh if it was if it let me play this giant box of Atari games I have sitting here that the other Atari system is not playing incredibly well anymore uh I would mm-hmm. be more inclined to do that, especially it wouldn't just be a an aftermarket you know third-party thing oh this will play games and it kind of works well i mean these would have to be you know guaranteed to work with these carts that's what i'd really want i suppose but uh, either way not going to buy the atari vcs but we'll somehow buy the intellivision version of the exact same thing because i am a Mm -hmm. sucker so until that comes out and until our next episode we'll be playing on the sega master system alex kid in miracle world a the sega's attempt at a a super mario brothers Uh, That plays Paper, Rock, Scissors. So hopefully you guys will play that a little bit before we get on. And until then, find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Retrovania.net. And we will see you next time.